This is a special ARM podcast as we speak with session presenters and keynote speakers from the ARM Virtual Conference. I'm Bill Klaproth. With me is Bruce Radliff, System Vice President of Supply Chain at Advocate Aurora Healthcare. His session, Amplifying the Business Case for Supplier Diversity. Bruce, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate this. So supplier diversity supports both business and clinical progress and is a fundamental component to improve inclusiveness and equality in healthcare. Also helps to build trust between patients and providers and improve health outcomes. So Bruce, let me start with this. How do we identify supplier diversity? I appreciate that, Bill. Supplier diversity is really a living and breathing thing. Certainly in today's day and age, there's a lot of attention and a lot of appreciation for the work that's being done. And identification is one of the tougher things to do, but certainly how Advocate Aurora has pulled things together is we are focusing on minority-owned and women-owned businesses and making sure that our supplier portfolio looks like the communities that we serve because we know that through health outcomes, diversity of provider, diversity of supplier in the vendor community create a better outcome for those that are in the community being served by people who understand their demographic, people who understand the nuance to what's going on. And in supply chain, we focus on that as well to make sure that through community wealth building, through, again, a portfolio approach to supplier diversity, that we are getting different risks, different backgrounds, newcomers to healthcare, all into the same pool so that we can build a more robust community for supply chain and for our patients. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like you're trying to bring everybody to the table. So everybody has an opportunity then, right, to participate? Correct. And that is one of the fundamental goals of the diversity program is to create opportunity because healthcare is, there's large vendors. They tend to get really big like freight trains. And sometimes freight trains are hard to stop or steer. And we found that minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses tend to be smaller and they're looking to scale. And our organization can provide opportunities to scale, again, pace that scale that makes sense for that particular opportunity or that particular entity. And we have found a lot of success in growing partnerships that become integrated and reliant on one another and can align towards common goals and vision. So we're really proud of that work. And I know you're going to go into all of this in depth in your session. So I do have a couple of questions here. So if we could just get your thoughts on this, what are the ways to improve inclusiveness, equality, and outcomes? Another great question. So we feel that one of the best ways to improve all of those items starts with listening and starts with understanding that particular individual, that particular vendor, or that particular situation's background and experiences. Because those are what mold, not just us as individuals, but our entities that we work with. And we'll talk about it in the session of you got to meet people where they are and then recognize and appreciate the differences that make us diverse and then apply inclusion. You can't do it all at one time. You first have to stop, understand, create common ground, and then we can include people in. And typically, these diversity strategies have been very one way in the last decade and again, that's where it was in its maturity cycle. We'll talk about it in the program a little bit of how the new level of the maturity cycle is inclusivity, which is really important. 
Absolutely. I love how you said that. It starts with listening and understanding and then finding common ground. I think that is so important. So I know in your session, you will also go over how to analyze best practices and policies that support strong, diverse supplier initiatives. Tell us a little bit about that, which we're going to talk about in the session. Absolutely. So um, some of the best practices out there, especially in, in this world, of diversity, equity, and inclusion are a little bit nebulous, right? Because again, going back to, we have a lot of different organizations at different life cycles or maturity of this particular work. We have people who have been doing this for 25 years. We have people that have been doing this for you know two years. And benchmarking and metrics and all these things kind of come into play. And you have to overlay maturity and where people are that, you know, where they are in their life cycle of the program. And that's how you can start seeking best practice. So my best practice might be, hey, how do I go out there to the national leaders and thought leaders and how do I apply some of their methodologies? For others, it might be, how do I set up a framework to begin my journey? So best practice is a term that I like to throw out there, which is always relative to the organization that's seeking it, not necessarily what is the best practice out there. Because similar to some of the fundamentals of diversity and inclusion is that everyone has a different perspective, everyone has a different life cycle, and you need to appreciate that to understand what their best practice might be, what their next step is in this work. And that's really important to understand. And we'll dive into that a little bit. Right. So specific to that organization, not one. <laughs> Here's one best practice. Everybody do the same thing. You're talking about understanding that specific organization and then applying strategies to create a best practice for them. Correct. Yeah, if we were all solving it the same way, it actually wouldn't be diverse at all. It would actually be against the mantra of the entire breadth of the work, which is to accept the different ways of doing it, again, with a common goal. But the methodologies do not have to be the same. In fact, I encourage different methodologies so that one, we can learn from every everyone else. And two, that methodology needs to be specific for the community that you're working with, the vendor that you're working with, and just like the patients that we work with every day. It's individualized medicine. It's individualized supply chain, again, to meet people where they are. Individualized supply chain. I like that. So then let me ask you this. How can someone effectively build a diverse supplier program using real-world strategies? To me, it always starts with the application of the framework. Generically, the frameworks out there are fairly successful. We'll talk a little bit about the framework in general during the session at ARM. However, the first step that is universal is creating a framework for decision-making. That's where you take it from the hypothetical to the practical and say, hey, when we see this situation, what are we going to do? How do we live up to the values, the mission and vision statements that we've put together in the program? And it all comes down to clarity in decision-making. We'll talk about that of how do you create those scenarios? And again, I shouldn't say create. How do you relate to those scenarios that we all experience every day? And how do we build that into the decision-making process? That might be things like, before I sign a contract, I'd like you to explain what the diverse panel looked like for this particular contract. Before I do this, was there other opportunities within the business to grow an organization to, again, do this differently? So a lot of it comes down to when at the point of execution, right, whether that's signing a contract or cutting a PO or some of the things that we do day to day, how do we hold ourselves accountable? to making sure that we included the framework that we had discussed and planned 
into this work. And that's kind of a little bit of the secret sauce. Right. You said, how do we live up to the values, the mission and the vision statements that we put together in the program? And then it comes down to clarity in decision making. That's so good. And I know you're going to talk more about this in the session. This is going to be great, Bruce. We're really looking forward to this. The session is amplifying the business case for supplier diversity. Anything you want to add, Bruce? The only thing I'd like to add is I encourage everyone to just take a listen. And again, we want to accept every program where it's at. We at Advocate Aurora certainly have opportunity for growth. I really want a two-way conversation. Again, we are seeking best practice. So I'd love to hear from anybody that cares to listen or cares to join the conversation. This is something that is not a competitive advantage for any one of our health systems. This is table stakes. This is the work that we need to do. So if there's anything that we can do as a community to share what works and what doesn't work, because they're both equally as impactful, we need to be doing this because this isn't about who has better margin or who does this, that, or the other thing. This is about doing what's right for our communities and I encourage everyone to participate. Absolutely. Well, Bruce, this is really going to be great. And again, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you, Bill. And once again, that's Bruce Radliff. And for more education like this, please go to the ARM Knowledge Center at arm.org slash knowledge dash center. Thanks for listening.